0: This Torah class is brought to you by torahanytime.com. Before I do that, I want to tell you a story that happened to me in Florida. Um, I was in Florida for a few days, and the last day I was in Florida, so that was last week, Thursday. uh, My wife, it was raining a little bit, it wasn't so nice, so we wanted to go shopping. We decided we're going shopping. There's a place called Saw, not Saw Mills, Saw something else. Sawgrass, thank you. A single person would not know that, don't worry. Um, Sawgrass, and it's a huge, crazy, huge mall. And it's in Fort Lauderdale, and it's very close to the airport. So I left, Mya- I left Miami at 2 o'clock, figuring Mincha was, Mincha was at 5 in, in, in Florida. It's a little bit different than over here. It's an hour later. So Mincha was at 5.20. So I called up the shul in Fort Lauderdale, and they told me, I mean, was at 5.20. Fine. To make a long story short, I got so lost (laughs) that at 5 to 5, I finally got to the mall. And I called up the shul that was in Fort Lauderdale, actually in something, it's not really Fort Lauderdale, it's on the uh, Palm, Palm, North, North Palm, whatever, I don't know exactly what it was. But anyway, I called up, I said, how long did it take me to get from Sawgrass to, to your shul, to the young Israel of wherever that was. She said, 40 minutes. I said, no, that's not good. Cause it's what time do you die in Minica? she said, 520. Cause all over Florida it's 520. I'm like, can I make it in 25 minutes? She said, it's 5 to 5, it's rush hour. At least 40 minutes. Now, I don't miss Min, I don't miss Minya. And here I'm thinking, to go shopping, I'm going to this minion. It's not normal. I mean, how, how did I get in such a situation like this? And but Lamaisa I left with enough time. I just got very, very lost. So my wife was sitting next to me, and she said, "Why don't you ask her if there's a shul that's closer to sawgrass uh, than saw whatever? No, it's called sawgrass malls. Uh, if there's a shul closer, but there is no really big town that's closer. So I said to her, "Well, do you know? I'm in the mall. Do you know anything closer?" She said, there's a labavitcher shul. I don't know if they have a minion every day in plantation. I said, where's plantation? She said, plantation is 15 minutes from the mall. I said, beautiful, 15 minutes. i get there on time. Fine, but they don't know if there's a minion there all the time. I call the, the, the shul. There's no answer. Okay, but they tell you the address. So I now drop my wife off at the mall, and I'm going to find the shul. The shul is in a strip mall, near a Walgreens, off some kind of street in a, in a place called Plantation, which I never heard of. I got lost going from Fort Lauderdale, going from Miami to Fort Lauderdale. I'm definitely not going to find this shul within 20 minutes, in a place that I have no idea where I am. So what I did is, I went one block at a time, and at the corner of every block, I asked the person in the car, how do I get to this, how do I get to this? To make a long story short, it's 515, it's 520, it's 525. I don't know if there is a minion, and if there is a minion, I missed it already, because I'm late, and I'm so lost. And finally, I come to this Walgreens, and, and I remember her saying on the tape, we're in the Walgreens. I come to the Walgreens, and there's like a hundred signs of the different things in the mall, and it says Chabad. And I'm like, okay, even if I miss the minion, for Shogay, at least I can dive in the shul, because even if you miss a minion, you, shouldn't, you should dive in the shul. I come driving up, there's a guy standing at the outside the door, right? He goes, we need a minion, you're the man. I walked in, I was the 10th guy. So, wait, I'm not done. <laughs> so, I'm the 10th guy, I come into the show, I sit down, we're exactly 10, I'm saying, I now understand, because I'm a big shot, right, so I now understand why I had to get lost, because I wouldn't have gotten lost, I would have gone to Fort Lauderdale, these guys wouldn't have had a minion, so my whole getting lost and all the crutching and screaming and getting upset that I'm not going to make minion, was only to make a minion and to help these people. Okay? Maybe yes, maybe no. Because probably if I wouldn't have been there, they would have called somebody else, they would have gotten the minion anyway. But, so we have this minion. Now there's a guy in this minion, an older man, who I'm looking at, and I know this man. Okay, now I'm saying to myself, you don't know anyone in Plantation, Florida. But I know this man. But, you know, I'm not going to make a fool out of myself and go over to him. So, so I finish Mincha. This man comes running over to me. Rabbi Wallstein, right? You're Rabbi Wallstein. I'm like, I'm not speaking tonight. Forget it. I <laughs> said no. You're Rabbi Wallstein. I'm like, yeah. He goes, you know, my grandchildren were in your class. And then I put it together. I knew who he was. He's a kohen. His name is Dwek, whatever it is. He says, I want you to daven Vit. I want you to be the chazan. I I don't mean to be chazan, whatever it is. Anyway, he puts me up as chazan. He wants me to be chazan. It's a kavod to them that I should daven for the because, because I'm Rabbi Wallstein, whatever. I finished my roof. I'm walking out the door. By the way, it was pizza night there. They have It's a teeny little show. They have like a whole 15 people, 20, you know. So they're kids. They bring their one night a week, which is Thursday night for pizza. So the pizza came from Fort Lauderdale. I wasn't going to, it looked like it was like a couple of months old. So I passed on the pizza. And as I'm walking out, so a guy walks out to me and says, thank you for diving and hands me 20 bucks. (laughs) <laughs> I said, no, no, I'm not that kind of rabbi <laughs> He said, he got a little bit of I made a mistake, I should have taken the $20 Because he got a little insulted I said, no, no, give it to Tzedakah I, 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 you know, I don't damn for the um, or whatever Anyway, so he walks away And there's a guy walking me out And he says to me, so you're a rabbi, you're a rabbi, you're a teacher, you know and I said, yeah He says, um, and, and, and I'm sorry I don't have it Because I told him to look on Torah, and he, uh, Torah uh, um, anytime.com I wanted him to see this year Because what I'm about to say And I don't have his name I, I, I lost his name But it's like sort of important So he comes up and He says I want to tell you who I am I'm like who are you He says my name is so and so I said Okay He says you don't recognize my name I'm like no He says I was on the Olympic soccer team Five times For the Israeli soccer team I'm an Olympic soccer player you never heard my name? I'm like, uh, I'm really sorry, you know, if you're not on the Yankees or the Giants, not, I don't really know the Olympic, you know, soccer team from Israel, exactly. Um, but, so he says, I said so, so he tells me his story, um, and the story is that he was an Olympic champion, and he was, as a kid, already an Olympic champion, he was on an Israeli team, he told me which team, But they're not the best team in Israel, but he got stuck because they owned him. There's all kinds of different rules in their sports, whatever it was. And he got hurt. And he broke his his ankle or something. And he was never that good anymore. He's still good, but he was never that good anymore. And then his father died. And he ended up starting to say Kaddish. And it's something that 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 I've seen all my life is... Everyone thinks that Kaddish that one says for his parents when they pass away is for them. It's for you. And I cannot tell you how many, not thousands, how many hundreds of thousands of Jewish people became Baal late in their life when they had no choice but to go to Shul because even irreligious people feel that they, for that year, they owe their parents to go say Kaddish. So a lot of people come to Shul that, you know, they read the Kaddish even in English. And that, coming to shul and meeting people and giving tzedakah and Shabbos, that, 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 that's like the last chance a person has to do tshuva and come back. And I've seen it so many times that Kaddish brought people back to... that. that brought wasn't really the parent that they're helping, but they help themselves. Because they have to come to shul and their whole life changes. And there's a lot of people that tell you they never went to Minyan until they have to say Kaddish. Once they say Kaddish, they never miss Minyan again. So this guy tells me, you know, I wasn't so good anymore... And my father passed away, and I started saying Kaddish, and I started getting religious. And the whole story I'm telling you for the last line that he told me. And he said, I used to walk in to the sports arena, and I heard 50,000 people scream my name. He's a pretty famous guy. I'm sure if there's any Israelis here, if I said the name, you'd say, what? You didn't know who he was? But you're a very famous guy. He said, 50,000 people would scream my name. He says, do you know what I do now? He says, I'm a Chazam. He has a beautiful voice. He says, I don't have 50,000 people screaming my name, but I got hundreds of people screaming Amein. <laughs> and I said, wow. That to him today, hearing Amein, when he dives for the Ahmed, gives him the same or more appreciation and happiness than when he used to walk into a to an arena where there were fifty thousand people screaming your name. He says now they scream Hashem's name. So I said, You know what? Now I understand. You didn't need me for a minion. I needed to hear the story. That's why I ended up in plantation. So I think you guys know how I feel about minion, but that a person who makes it his business not to miss minion, no matter what you do, the Kashbach will give you the Shmaya, not only to make a minion, to be part of a minion, but to learn something from every minion that you go to. So I feel that you know it's an important story. that I just want to repeat it has absolutely nothing to do with the Khabura tonight. But I promised him that I would tell over the story. Because when he said that to me, he says like fifty thousand people. You could see he was he, in his eyes that he was going back to when he you know used to walk into the site. Olympics, hello, yeah. Olympics. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. And they're all screaming. All the Israeli fans are screaming his name. And now he says Yiscazal, Yiscazal, Shemer Abba, and everybody's screaming on May. And he's like, wow. Okay, you guys have too much peace of eating chop. Alright, anyway. Should be jumping out of your chairs. Okay. Alright, anyway. Okay, let's, let's talk a little bit. What I'd like to speak about tonight, of course, is the great, the great fight. The great, the great WW, whatever you want to call it, between, um between Yaakov and Asaph's Malach. They had a big, the big WrestleMania. This was the big wrestle. This was, uh, the angel of, the angel of Asaph wrestling Yaakov Avinu. And we'll, talk, we'll see who wins. Actually, no one wins. No one wins. Neither one of them got pinned. But we'll, we'll talk about that. Everybody thinks Yaakov won. He didn't win. He didn't lose. But he didn't win. He didn't kill Esau's malach. So he didn't win. But we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. I, I want to... Before we get to the, the deepness of that fight, I want to try to explain to you who this malach was. In other words... Let's say I am um, advertising this great WrestleMania here, right? So in one corner you have Yaakov Avinu. You all know about Yaakov Avinu. You know who he was. We learnt about him, right? In the other corner we have the Malach of Esav. Who is that? What, is he, what does he look like? He's a sultan. What's his power? Like, you know, I, I, who am I? I'm voting for Yaakov. But like, who's the guy in the other corner? Maybe he's not even, he's not even competition. So I want to explain to everyone in the room tonight, and that's what my share is. Who, mi hasatan, Who's the is this Satan? Who is this esav that we, which is Yaakov, are fighting every single day, 24-7? Who is it? Because if, if you know the enemy, right, you know his moves, just like in wrestling, so you know what, is, what, what, you study him, you have a good coach, you'll take him down. If you don't know his moves, going to take you down. So what you look for, um, I don't want to go back to my youth, but I was a very big Rocky fan um, because I thought that just, you know, if you had the eye of a the tiger, then uh, then you're, you're a tough guy. And I was a tough guy. So I, I had all five of their movies, and I could watch like all five of them at one time. How he beat the Russian, he beat Apollo. I, I was like, not only that, I used it. I used it, I thought in my head, to help kids who... Had low self-esteem, and you know, and thought they couldn't make it, and they can't fight anymore. And I would tell him, you know, cut me, man. You know, the famous, <laughs> his eyes swollen, he cuts him, and the blood's all over the place. You know, he's down, he's out. And 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 Lahavdel, I don't like to bring movies into anything. Lahavdel, what was it? What was his coach? That little guy, I forgot his name. Whatever, it's not important. Um, <laughs> what was his coach? Right, he was Jewish. What? What was Mickey always telling him? No, no, no. Your opponent. He can't swing from the left. He can't see out of his right eye. Know your opponent. If you know your opponent, keep hitting him where he's weak and you'll take him down. It's the same thing in the spiritual world. You have to know the Sahara, Hit him where it's weak and you'll be able to beat him. If you don't know his game, he's going to take you down. So the, the first part of tonight's... Well, it's already quarter to 11. One part of tonight's Chaburah is to understand who the enemy is. So I'd like to tell you something really very fascinating. And if we want to know who the enemy is, we have to go back to where Asav, the Malach of Asav is the Satan, the Malach of Mova, Samal, all the bad, all the bad in the world, that's Asav. So who's Asav? The Malach of Asav, what you are in this world, that's what your Malach is in the other world. So if you want to know who that Malach is of Asav, you got to know who Asav is. So listen carefully. Asav comes in right, he just killed Nimrod, he's hungry, he's thirsty, right, he's, he's tired, give me from these red beans, I am, I'm tired, and Yaakov says to him, now listen, Kelly, this, I'm going to tell you something that I never said before, and it's so mind-boggling that when I, when it came to me, when I learned it, I did jump out of my seat. What's this mikra michrakayoim? Sell me like it's today. Hello, we, Esav knows it's today. What do you mean? Sell me like it's tomorrow? Sell me it's like yesterday? We learn this every year. How do you translate that? Michrakayoim. Like today is day? Michrakayoim. Sell me your bechairah like it's day. Okay. Right? Sell it to me. Now, Esav answers him. I'm going to die. Why are you going to die? Where are you going to die? Who said you're going to die? You're home. You're safe. You got away from Nimrod's guys. Now you are starving. Now you have what to eat. What do you mean you're going to die? You mean you're going to die in 120 years? What does that have to do with anything? How's that an answer? Because I'm going to die one day? Yaakov is going to die! What's his answer? Yaakov says to him, "Sell me the b'chora like today." And Asa's answer is, "Well, I'll sell it to you because I'm going to die anyway." Well, Yaakov, why should I sell it to you? You're also going to die. So when we learn this pasuk, what's this answer? What's he saying? What? I don't eat, I'll die. No, he ate. He's going to eat. I'm going to die. What you are going to die anyway. If you're going to eat, you're not going to die. Give it to me. Give it to me. And I'm not going to give you my b'chora. Give it to me because it's for klach Go run to his mother. He was making he was making a statement, of who he was, okay. Okay, so he said, "I'm going to die." What do I need this Really? What's up with this kayim? Swear to me, like it's today. Again, second time. He gave it to okay now later on when Yaakov gets the Bukhara, we're not going to say he steals the Bechara right when he gets the Bukhara, what happens listen carefully he says like this he finds out that he lost the Bechara his name should be called Yaakov he outwitted me he tricked me these two times which two times did he outwit him he took my firstborn, he took my bechairah. And now, he took my bracha. He said to his father, Do you have a bracha left for me? Now, the question is, that's not true. He didn't trick you twice. The bechairah, he tricked you. Now he tricked you. He walked in, he said, He's Asa, but he didn't trick you. When you, when you, by the bracha, he tricked you. By the b'chairah, he didn't trick Esav. He said to Esav, I got a business deal. You get, I give you the beans, you give me the b'chairah. Where did Yaakov trick Esav in by selling the, selling the b'chairah? He didn't trick him. He made a deal. You give me this, I'll give you that. So what is Esav saying to his father? Oh, he fooled me twice. He didn't fool you the first time. He fooled you the second time the answer is, the answer is like this. He fooled you the second time when he stole the Bechorah. He didn't fool you when he stole the Bracha. He didn't fool you when he, stole, when, he, when, he, when he bought the Bracha. Listen to this, unbelievable. The word Bracha and the word Bechorah is exactly the same thing. It's the same word if you take the words and you move them around. When Yaakov so- told Asov, he said the following, Vayomay Yaakov, Mikra Kahayom es Bechayrascha, sell me today your Bechayra, which turn around the letters, he said, Mikra Kahayom es b'kasecha. You're selling me today your Bracha. Because if I get the Bechora, then I get the Bracha. But at the same time, he said, Lama li He said, Lama What do I need the bracha for? Because the bracha and the bracha are the same letters. So Asap realized when he lost the bracha, he realized that he only lost it because he lost the bracha. So he said, he fooled me the first time. First time he made it look like, I just want to buy you a you know, I just want to do karbonais. I just want to, I want to be the oldest so I can do karbonais. But Esau said, you knew that in the word Bechairah is the word Bracha. And therefore you fooled me twice. Yaakov was saying to Esau, you don't understand consequence. You're selling me today. In other words, he was telling his brother, today, if you sell me the Bechairah it's about today. Because if you know that it's gonna cause, the cause and effect of what you're doing is gonna, is gonna make you lose the bracha, you're not gonna sell it to me. So do you realize that you're a person that only lives for today? And therefore, Asa answered him back, I am Asa, I only live for, to be satisfied right now. I don't care about the consequence. I don't care what selling the bracha, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that. I'm going to die anyway. I could die tomorrow, I could die any minute. We learn in Pikiriavos that well, how does a person do chuva? How do you change your life? You have to think every second that next second I'm going to die. So if next second I'm going to die. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to burn. I don't want to get punished. I don't want to go up with all my sins. I want to do chuva. So in Pikiriavos we learn. Think every second the next second you're gonna die, you're gonna do chuba, you're not gonna do an avera. When, when, when you, you wanna do an avera, you're gonna say, oh my god, right in the middle of me doing the avera, I'm gonna drop that, I'm gonna have a heart attack. So I'm gonna go up to the next world with this avera in my hands. Oh, right? So if you think that way, you won't do any averas. So, the same Mishnah, empirical advice, he comes and throws the yakov and says, I think I'm gonna die any second. Therefore, you gotta party. Because in one second, you're not gonna be partying anymore. And that's the difference, the whole difference between Esav, the Satan, the Samoel, the, the Machamaves, and Yaakov, and us. That's the whole difference. Esav lives Hayom, and Yaakov lives for tomorrow. Esav lives with no consequences. What I'm doing today, who cares about the consequence? And Yaakov lives only about consequences. When, I, when, Yaakov, when a Jew thinks about death, he thinks about, oh, my goodness, if I don't do chuba, what's the consequence? When a guy thinks about death, he thinks about, oh, my God, tomorrow I'm dead. I might as well go to the bar and, and, and party. There's a, there's, a, there's a famous story that's, that's brought down in Pasha Parables. I forgot who the goddell was. It was on a plane, and um, their, their, their gear, the wheels, would not come down. So it's a true story. They, had to go, they were going into, um, into Kennedy Airport or one of these airports, and he couldn't get the gear down. He couldn't get the wheels down. So they had to do a belly landing. Which, if you don't do perfectly, the plane blows up. So the pilot got on, he says, my wheels aren't coming down. We have to do an emergency landing. We're going to circle twice. We've got to get all the fire engines and the foam and all the stuff they've got to put out. And I don't know that we're going to make it. And everybody has to get into the fetal position, whatever it is. But you have 25 minutes to a, to a half hour. We've got to go out into the river. We're dumping all our gas, whatever we have to do. You have half an hour. So this robe, he, he was one of his Talmud, I think from Tells, I'm not sure, maybe it was a gift, I'm not sure who it was. He told his time to take out a Tehillim, and, and they started to mamash crying, and, 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 and mamash, like, they were beyond themselves. Meanwhile, the guy that was sitting across from them, he's ringing the bell, he's ringing the bell, stewardess, stewardess, stewardess. She says, what? He says, listen, we got a half an hour, an hour right now, we're probably not going to make it. Can, can you give us the drinks for free? <laughs> True story. In other words, you're not going to sell drinks, we're all going to drop dead, so can we get the scotches for free? So here they're sitting on two. They're sitting on two sides of the airplane. So you hear, you understand? Two. They go right. Of course, I. will we're going to die anyway. Hayyim, it's about today. No, pull the red beans down my throat. It's about today, right now. We got an hour left. Get me stuck. You know, I want to get blitzed. I won't know what what hit when we hit when we we blow up. I won't know. Meanwhile, the other person's sitting there and they're doing chuba. I have an hour left in my life. What 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 can I do in one hour? What can I change in one hour? That's Asov, and that's Yaakov. Yaakov understood that the Chorah is Bracha. Esav understood, top ta- party, time is now. Last night, I had a meeting with a boy. He's all of 14 years old. He is seeing a girl who's all of 13 years old. One guy's a ninth grader in yeshiva, and the other girl, and the girl's an eighth grader in Beth Yaakov. And they're going out. <laughs> and they're in love. Absolute love. And nobody can get through to them. And I don't talk to 13 year olds or 14 year olds. Cause I, I, you know, I'm just, you know, it's all about now. Kayoim. Fun. Gratification. And you can't explain to a 13, 14 year old consequence. It's just not a word. The difference between being an adult and a child is that, is the one word, If I call it the C word, is consequence. And you have many adults that are not adults. They're absolute babies. Why are they babies? Because when they do something, they don't think about the consequence. So you can be 45 years old, and you can be doing things, and if you're not thinking about consequence, you're 12 years old. And if you're a 14-year-old boy, and you think about one plus one equals two, and when it comes to boy and girl, one plus one can equal three, so that there's, it's a different math, right? So it's a different consequence. But nobody's thinking about that. So here I am, and I tried something on him. Because I already prepared my share. And I said, you really love this girl? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, and he goes, I know you're going to tell me like everyone else that I don't know what love means. I said, no. (laughs) You love chocolate. (laughs) Probably love to play ball. I said, I'm not going that way, but I I just want to ask you something. This girl's in eighth grade. It's already on the street that you two guys are talking to each other. It's going to get to her principal. That school is going to throw her out faster than you can count from one to two. There's no such thing in that school as talking to boys. She's going to be on the street. She's going to call me up and say, Ray well, Wallace, you got to find me a school. No school in Brooklyn is going to take her because I don't want to take your problem, you know. So you don't, they don't, unless a kid moves into the neighborhood, no school is going to take a girl like I thrown out of, why do I need your problem? You fix your problem. Why do I have to take your problem? So, so, so this girl now, I'm going to have to send out of town. Because in New York, in Brooklyn, it's not going to work. And the only out-of-town school that's going to take her, why is she leaving Brooklyn, is a school that has girls that are not in such a good place. And now she's going to meet these girls that are not in such a good place. Really, she's not on that level. But you're going to put her into that level, because those girls that are all from thrown out from all these schools that end up in that place... Some of them are doing drugs. Some of them are with boys. Some of them are anorexic. Some of them are cutting themselves. Some of them are depressed. Right? Now you're taking this girl who knows nothing of that. She's just talking to a boy. That's all she's doing. And you're going to put her in this school with all these kids. And who knows what's going to happen to her. She's never going to get a shidduch. You're not going to want her. Because you're going to go to Eretz Yisrael when you're 18, after you did every Aveira in the world, and then you're going to go to, I'm not going to name the yeshivas, and they're going to let you vegetate for six, nine months, and then you're going to change, and you're going to become a big tzaddik, and then you're going to end up coming back, and there's going to be 650,000 shiduchim waiting for you, because there's no girl in the world that doesn't love a bad boy who became good, because that's like crazy, do you know what he was? And now he sits and learns all day. Oh! They're just waiting at Kennedy Airport at 5.30 when 001 lands. You know, he's back. Oh, my God. Forget about it. So guys know that. We can be bad. We can do whatever we want. We just go to Israel for two, three years, hibernate. Then they put us in the freezer in Jersey, and every single girl is waiting to marry you. 100%. But it doesn't work that way with girls. When a girl steps over the line or out of the box... Nobody wants her. She's done. She can go to Israel. She can go to Nevei for 12 years. Become a Madricha, Rosh Hashiva, whatever whatever you want to call. No one's dating this girl. She's done. Yeah, it's not fair. It's 100% not fair and I get this from the girls all the time. Why can a guy do every Aver in the world Goes to Eric disappears for three years. His Rosh Hashimah calls him the best guy, comes back, ends up in Lakewood, Mir, here, there, and he's a big tzaddik. and every girl, and, 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 and me, I made one mistake, and I went to Eric I really did Shuva, and I come back, and, and I always tell the girls, the guy that's dating you, the guy that's messing with you, that's the guy that after he comes a big Baal and a big tzaddik, he's going to tell his friends, her? Her? <laughs> <laughs> Are you crazy? You don't want to have anything to do with her. The guy that's whispering in your ear, you're the best thing that ever happened to me and I'm becoming from because of you and all the baloney you guys throw at these girls and right, all that stuff. Right? That's the guy that's going to tell all his friends her, she's a slut. All the time. Happens all the time. It's like, I can't believe Rev. Wallstein. He's the one that's winning my shaduk. I'm like, I'm not going to tell you I told you so. But I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the answer is an answer which I tell them because they're much holier than we are. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects more from them. A girl's not a hunter. A girl's not a hunter. So Hashem expects her to be at Snua and to be modest and to say no. And therefore, if she trips, she trips from a much higher place. And the higher you fall, the more bones you break. It's the way it is. So it's not fear. it's a low fear, but that's the way it is. So I turned to this kid and I said, You really love her? You really care about her? You're destroying her. You're going to destroy this girl for life. I'm going to go visit her in, in Colombia. In, in Nebuchadnezzar, it's not a joke. Next week, Monday, yeah, I'm going to visit a girl who's been cutting herself, who's anorexic, who's, who's in a mental ward for three months. That's what you're going to do to this girl, because this girl is going to end up getting thrown away from you, totally emotionally broken, going to start looking for other things. And I said, so if you really care about her, I know you're only 13, 14 years old, you're not going to understand what I'm saying, but if you really care about her, you're going to think about the consequence for her what you're doing, you are going to destroy her because she's two weeks from being thrown out of school because the words on the street are in, If I know about it, it's only, it's only a week away from the principal knowing about it. I said, so if you really care about her, walk away from her. So he looked at me and he said, Kayoim, I can't think about that. Right now I need her. I can't think about that. So I said, you're a low-life, stingy, spoiled brat. And don't you ever come into my room and tell me that you care about this girl. You care about yourself. You don't care about this girl. You just—I to- just told you consequence, and you don't care about consequence for her. Because you know that down the road you'll be all fine. At eighteen, nineteen, you'll go to yeshiva, you'll be fine. Guys, tell it to me straight. They're, bummed, they're doing everything wrong. For Wallstein, nineteen, you got me. You just send me out of here. <laughs> I want—I want a good shidduch. I love that. <laughs> Guys, go- going out with every girl, destroying every single girl in the world. He's a chutzpah. To say, uh, 19, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come to you, you're going to send me to Eretz Israel, you're going to pay my trip, because you know why? Because I want a good shidduch. You lowlife, you piece of garbage, you want a good shidduch? You're destroying all these girls? You think, Hashem, you're not going to have consequence? I got up, and this shouldn't even be on, 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 on radio or on video. <laughs> I got up in the yeshiva seven years ago in Eretz Yisrael at 12 o'clock midnight, At 12 o'clock midnight. You know what kind of share I give at 12 o'clock midnight in Israel? You don't want to be there. And I got up in the yeshiva of very wild guys. Guys that were off the edge, not on the edge. And they were coming back. You know, they were coming back. They wanted to do tshuva. And I got up at 12 o'clock at night and I said, Guys, I got to tell you something. I said, anyone in this room, I was talking in a base medrash. Anyone in this room who took something from a girl that he can't get back, you're done. You're wasting your time learning, davening, putting on your tilling, you're done. They're all sitting there like, what? I'm like, yeah. There's a passage in the Torah that says, ashe gazal. You're a Ganif unless you can return what you took. Can anyone in this room return what they took? And they said, no. <laughs> and they said, no. So I said, so now you're a ganef. You're a ganef that can't pay back. Man, God's going to put you in a place in hell that no one's going to be able to find you. So all of a sudden, these guys start crying. And they're like, are you crazy, Rabbi? What are you doing to me? I'm, I, I, I want to do tshuva. I said, so then you find every single girl that you broke her heart, that you walked into your dorm room, you put an X on the wall and said, number 19, <laughs> okay? You find all 19 of them, and you ask forgiveness. Yeah. And you ask Mechila. And every single girl that you used, and you knew you were never going to marry her, she was never going to be your Aisha Hashayu, you just used her. I said, Akash Baruch who wrote that down in his book. Now, can you give her back what you took? Her emotions and her feeling, forget about the physical part. I said, you find them, and you get Mechila. And they walked me out of that yeshiva and they followed me home. And they're like, Rabbi Wallerstein, I don't know anymore some of their names. I don't know how to get them. And I said, well, I can't help you because I definitely don't know who they are. And you better find them and you better ask Mechila from every single one of them. And you know why that all happened? Because we live in the world of Asov. We live in the world of Kahayim. We live in the world of I need to have a party today. And I don't care about the consequence of what's going to happen to her or to me later. And that was the war of Yaakov Avinu and the Malach of Esav that went on. And I will show it to you in the P'sukim That went on that night. Esav is about today. Esav is about partying. Yaakov is about, before I do something wrong, I got to think about what is this going to cause in my family, my children, my life, and the life in the next world? Okay. So, and, hey, you know, I say the way it is, because I love you guys. And therefore, I don't want you coming after 120 years, and you turned your whole life around, and you did mitzvahs, and you became great, and you're going to get up there, and they're going to say, so what? It means nothing. You hurt a girl, and you took something away from her, and her neshama is going to take you and walk you to hell. So, if anyone in this room ever hurt a girl... You find her, and you get Mechila if you got to get down on your knees, if you got to chase her to Alaska, you get Mechila. Because if you don't get Mechila, I don't want to be in your shoes. And I'm only telling you this because I care about you. If I didn't care about you, it's not my problem. Yes? Does this count for jewish girls? <laughs> Good question. Um, I think Ben Adolam there, ha- there, ha- there has to be a pay. There's a payback for everything, so I don't know if it's on the same level of payback, but it's definitely, definitely payback. But you got you also got a big a big chuba to do it for yourself if it's a non-Jewish girl, so you got to work on both sides of it. But but I do have to tell you something. I have to be fair. The ben adam machav- the of course is that you should need uh a guy chas v'shalom, is a nida, and a guy and a zaina and there's, there's more than one avera. A regular Jewish girl is, is an Ishanida, which is a chayef kares, is a chayef krisis. There's a lot of chua that has to be done. But the Ben Olam is as far as stealing something from someone, if the other person was willing, knowing that you weren't thinking of marriage, you weren't fooling her, you weren't selling her, then the Ben Olam is not there. That you have to know. So in other words, if the other person was willing... What I'm talking about Gineva is when you're telling this person, I love you, and, and I'm going to marry you, and you're special, and you're my girl, and that's Gineva's Das, that's Gineva, that's Hanifa. For that, you have Ben-Om Haver, you have a big avera. the other person was willing, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't it wasn't that Ben-Om Haver, but you got a, a lot of Ben-Om Haver to do. And we got to do it, because uh, it, it's coming down, Mashiach's coming, all the signs, just someone was telling me, you know, the Gemara says, and when, I remember when I learned it, the Gemara says in Mashiach's time that oil... Listen to me. Shemen, I'll show it to you. That Shemen and cellulose and, and flour, but Shemen is going to be so expensive. That's the word. That's what, that's what it says. Shemen is going to be expensive. So when you learn Shemen, I was like, I remember when I learned it, like, yeah, olive oil is not going to be $12 a gallon. Like, you know, what is it? $100 a barrel. Shemen doesn't have to be olive oil. Shemen means oil. All the simanim of the end of the world of Mashiach it's all falling into place one time, one thing after another, one thing after another. So I'm just telling you, don't wait, don't be ace of, that says, I'm dying anyway, so I'm going to party until, you know, the world, again, same thing, world's coming to an end. You got two kinds of people. Oh my God, world's coming to an end. I got to do chubo, I got to, I got I to gotta put on my toe all day, I got to do mitzvahs. Another person, world's coming to an end. Let's go to casinos, man. Let's party. What's the difference? We're to lose, we don't need money for tomorrow anyway. There's two sides of it. That's Esav, that's Yaakov. That's life. So that's what went on over here in Pashas Toldos where he was saying, Kayoim. Today. Today it's a party. Yaakov was saying to him, you fool. Rascha is the same word as Bechasecha. You are now looking at the consequence of selling me your Bechayra. The consequence of selling me your Bechayra is selling me your Bracha. And Esav lost everything because Esav did not understand consequence. The Gemara says that Esav was was a greater greater than than, Asaph, than Yaakov. Esav should have been one of the Avites. I gave you that shit three years ago. In Kabbalah it says, would you believe it? That Esav was supposed to be one of our forefathers. It was supposed to be Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and Esav. That's what it was supposed to be. He had the kayak to be, and he was supposed to sit at the head. He was supposed to sit at the head. He came and he complained, he's going to come, he's going to come, he's going to come, and he's going to say, I want to sit at the head of the table. I was one of the Ovois. And, and I, I, there's a whole Zoya on it. That's where he was supposed to be. What separated him from the Ovois? Consequence. He didn't believe in consequence. I'm dying, so let's party. Okay, so let's go, let's go to this week's Pasha real fast. So let's go to this big fight. The big fight. <clears throat> so Yaakov is left alone. Which is a very big chizik to all of us. You should know that. They ask a question. Why was he left alone? Yaakov had malachim all the time. He was always with malachim. They were with him all the time, all the mitzvahs. In Lamangati, I did all the mitzvahs. He created a lot of malachim. Why all of a sudden did Hashem take all his protection away? All of a sudden, you know, I told you that story with me and my best friends, my best friends, my buddies, my posse, my guys. I'm, I know what it means to be left alone. We went to months, it was a month we went to play basketball. Three guys. Two guys and me. And we couldn't play in yeshiva because it was during yeshiva. So we went to a public school to play, and we were playing on the court, and all of a sudden these two shikses, two girls, come walking on, they want to play. They want to play. So my friend said, no, you can't play. So they didn't care. They started shooting at the basket. They started shooting their basketball at the basket, so we couldn't play. So my friend used some not very nice language and called the two of them blank, 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 And they said, okay, we'll see you guys soon. And they're like, yeah, okay, you know, that's how they talk. And 20 minutes later, they came back with 40 guys from public school. Um, I was all of 120 pounds. Each leg that they had was 120 pounds. (laughs) So I have my two friends. One of them was a green belt in karate. Okay, so I'm like... I'm not scared. I got my friend, you know, and and I'm standing there, and they walk up to me because I'm standing there, and they're like, you said this to my girlfriend, man? I'm like, no, because I wasn't the guy who said it. I said, no. Hey, is he the guy who said it to you? She goes, no, but he was there when they said it, and and he didn't stand up for me. So what? So I'm like, "Um, well... And I turn around, I promise you, they're gone. My two buddies are gone. <laughs> they ran up, I remember it's like today, they ran up the hill. They're gone. They left me standing there with 20 shkatzim, 40 shkatzim, by myself, by Yavasar Yaakov Levadoy. I'm there all alone. But Baruch Hashem, God gave me skills, I'm a talker, as you know. And I started telling them the story of the girl with the chain and the red, you know, the red light. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I stood there and I sort of, I sort of begged for my life. And, and, and Hashem gave me a big siatashma that they didn't pound me and kill me. But I realized at that point that don't, 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 don't trust your friends. Because, because no matter what, when it comes down to it, you're alone. Now what I learned from that, at that point I didn't learn anything. I came back and man was I angry and I had a hockey stick. And the next hockey game, I did what I had to do. But I said to him, I said, You're a green belt. Why why, why, why didn't you stand behind me? Like, why did you guys run away? You're a green belt. I, I didn't know any karate. He says, The first thing we learn in karate is take a look at the odds, make a judgment call. It's called logic. And when I saw those guys, I said, Green belt are hidden, green belt are hair. I'm out of here. And so. I know what I, I know what I felt like. I, I can't imagine Yaakov all of a sudden turns around and there's no one there but him and a Malach. And not only a Malach, but the Malach of Asaph. And the reason I saw today, beautiful. So it's a really good question. Why does Hashem leave him alone? And the reason was that Hashem wanted to give to each one of us the power to be able to fight the Sahari even if we're alone. Many times you have your rebbe, and you have your friends, and you're in yeshiva, but the etzahara will always find you at a point, some point where you're alone. Yaakov wanted Hashem wanted, because from this whole fight came our DNA, came our spiritual DNA. Hashem wanted to put into Kla Yisrael that each one of us would have the power to beat or to hold the etzahara down, even if when we're alone, when we don't have our rebbe, when we don't have our pasi, when we're not in yeshiva. When we're alone somewhere on a business trip in our hotel room and someone knocks on the door and chas Shalom, you know, you're not expecting it. And how are you going to fight this? You're alone. There's no one there for you. Hashem said, I gave you the power to fight it. Because I let Yaakov fight by himself and I gave him the kayach to win. So every single Jew, no matter where they are alone, they have the kayach to win. That's why Yaakov was left alone. So no ridiculous thing. This is in my whole spiritual DNA, but this is what's brought down in the Medrash. That's why he was left alone, so that he could fight alone. So every guy in this room has to know that you are all strong enough, you all have the DNA of our great-great-great-grandfather, Yaakov Avinu, that even if you have to fight the eights of her alone, you have the client to fight him alone. The question is how. So let's let's dissect, and I'm going to end with this. Let's dissect for one minute this fight. Okay, so what happens? like this. Well, Yaakov was left alone, by Yavik Ish at and a man fought with him till the Aleisa the morning star came up. By Yarki and the Satan saw that he couldn't beat him. By Yiga B'Kaf so he hurt him in his thigh. By Takeh and he dislocated the thigh of Yaakov. They off go when he fought with him. Bayoiman the Malach said to Yaakov, Shalchenis, let me go. He was holding him down. He, he wasn't beating him. He was holding him down. And he said, Let me go. Because it's morning and I have to go sing Shirat Hashem. My young man, he said, No. I am not going to let you go. Unless you give me a bracha. What is that? It's the Eitzahara. You fought with him a whole day. Let him go. Get him out of here. What's this? I want a bracha from you. Want a bracha from the Eitzahara? Does anyone here want a bracha from the Sultan? Can you imagine what kind of bracha he's going to give you? What, that you should get blackjack every time you sit at the table? What, what's a, what bracha is he going to give you? What is he's going to give you a bracha? Yeah, you should understand shas. That's not the bracha that the, 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 the Sar Esam is going to give you. Who wants a bracha from this guy? What was this bracha? What was this bracha that he gave him? Okay, we're going to, we're going to learn that. So he asked Yaakov, he asked Yaakov, he knew Yaakov's name. There's a lot of questions, i we're going to answer them all together. What's your name? The the Esau's Malachs asked Yaakov, what's your name? And he said, Yaakov, my name is Yaakov. It's no more Yaakov. It's going to be Yisrael. Because you dwelt with Hashem. You fought with Malachim, you fought with Laban and Esau, and you beat us. So Yaakov says, what's your name? You asked me my name, and what's your name? And he didn't answer him. Why did you ask me my name? And he gave him a bracha. What bracha? Doesn't say. What bracha did he give him? The sun came up. And he was limping. And that's why we don't eat from the Giran Nasha. Okay. Doesn't tell us what the bracha is. Twice. He said, give me a bracha. We gave him a bracha. The Torah doesn't tell us what the bracha is. What bracha can Eiseb give us? What bracha could the other side give us? Okay. So let me explain to you what this fight was all about. <laughs> consequence. Understanding consequence. Clarity. Wisdom. Is understanding consequence. Right? What did it say in Pekai What's chachma? Ezehu chacham, Who is a wise man? Haroya es Hanolad. The person who sees the future. To translate it into English, the person who sees consequence. person who sees consequence is a Chocham? Yes. The basis of chachma is understanding that every action has a reaction. That's the basis of chachma. Now, this whole fight that was going on between them was not having clarity. The Medrash and the Zayar says the dust that was kicked up went all the way to the Kisar Kavli. What dust? You think this was a, a wrestling match in the sand? And the Zayar says it was spiritual dust. What a spiritual dust? Spiritual dust takes away your clarity. Any street fighter, any guy who ever learned anything about street fighting, The guy's bigger than you, and he's coming at you. You have two choices: look around for a bottle, break it. Right? If there's no bottles, look around for dirt. Take a scoop of dirt and throw it in his eyes. You throw it in his eyes. You have a chance until he cleans it out of his eyes. You have you have a chance to run. Any street fighter knows that. The Sultan's also a street fighter. His whole fight was to get the clarity away from Yaakov. What's the clarity of Yaakov? What is our clarity? Our clarity is consequence. So they have this whole fight a whole night. They have this whole fight. So the first thing he asks him at the end of the fight is, do you know your name? When a person loses his clarity, the first thing he doesn't know is, what's my name? Who am I? What am I? What, what, what's, my, what's my inside? What do I, who am I? That's the big question. Who are you? Psychology, we'll sit down and go, like, tell me who you are. Most people are like, uh, I don't know. I don't know who I am. Good. We have 30 sessions to find out who you are. <laughs> After this whole fight, the Malik said, did I mix you up? Do you still know your name? What's your name? And Yaakov said, I know my name. My name is Yaakov, the heel, what holds the whole person up. I know exactly what I am. So, the, so listen carefully. So Yaakov turned back and said, so I'm Yaakov, I'm clarity, I'm consequence. What's your name? What are you all about? We have this fight. Who is this enemy in my wrestling match? So he answered. He answered his name. And he said, not, not, what's it called? What, um, what do you need to know my name? He said what his name was. What's your name, Ayomer? And he said, my name is don't ever ask what your name is. There's is a plea dick I never gave this Chabur before. I gave it in a little bit of a different corner. But now it's so much clearer. Listen carefully to this dialogue that went on between them. He asked him again. He said to him, Okay, first the Malach says, Mashmecha, what's your name? Do you still know who you are? Did I mix you up? My Yom said, No, you didn't mix me up. Yaakov. I know who I am. My Yom Yaakov. So he told to Yaakov. Okay, if you know who you are, listen carefully. If you know who you are after this whole fight, I'll give you a new name. What's your new name? Yoshakel. Straight with God. Consequence. Clarity. There's no fog. There's no, I think God wants, I think blowing up kids is what God wants me to do. You know your name after this whole thing, after I try to mess you up and try to do all this to you? You'd still know your name? No, I'll give you your real name. Your real name is Yosherkel. Yisrael. You're straight. You know the consequence. So then he turned around and he said, Okay, Esav, that's very nice. Who are you? So he said, Yishal Yaakov, he he did not please. I need to know who you are because I got to tell my children. I got to give a Chabura on a Tuesday night in Brooklyn and I got to tell all the guys in this room who are we fighting? So Yaakov didn't say, Tell me your name. He said, Please, shimecha, Please tell me your name because I got to tell my kids who they're fighting. So he answered him. He said, I'll tell you my name. And he said, Lomo Zatisha Lashmi, that's my name. Never ask what your name is. That's the Satan. Never try to find out who you are. Today's today. Today's, today's drugs are in? Drugs. Tomorrow's music? Music. A drink? I want a drink? It's a drink. Every day my name's something else. So the Sahara said to him, I don't have a name. One generation is drugs. One generation is girls. One generation it's music. Every generation has a different problem. I'm different to every generation. I got a million different names. I'm internet. I'm pornography. What name do you want? I don't have one name. I'm rap music. I'm the cult. I'm the culture. I'm all that garbage. What name do you want me to give you? And you know what? Next year, I'm going to be something else. Because if I gave the shift thirty years ago, I couldn't tell you that his name is chat room, or MySpace, because that wasn't his name. He didn't exist. So he told, he told Yaakov, why ask your name? No clarity, no consequence. What's the first thing a person does when he really wants to go bad, when he wants to sell drugs? What's the first thing a guy does? He burns his passport. He changes his ID. Cause if you don't know my name and you don't know who I am, then I can do whatever I want. Cause I have no ID. So the Horus said, you want to know who I am? I'm the guy with no ID. Today I'm this, tomorrow I'm that. So Yaakov answered and said, I know who I am. And ASA said, yeah, I'm the opposite. I got a million different names and I have no name. Therefore, he didn't answer back what do you need to know my name? He answered back, Lomazet Tish al-shmi. My name is why ask for my name, it don't make a difference. There's no consequence. It's just a big party, man. We're just gonna live and we're gonna make money and we're gonna hang out and we're gonna enjoy ourselves and there's no consequence and that's Lomazetish Alashmi. So he saw that he couldn't win. So what did he do? He said, Yaakov, you're the man. You're the man. I can't beat you. You know your name. You got clarity. You know consequence but I'm going to take your children out. So he hit him in his groin. Yeah, low punch. He's not allowed to even do that in boxing. He hit him in his groin. He dislocated his groin, groin pull. It's pretty painful. Very painful. And what is that the simon of? What? the, the, The Sutton was like a low puncher. He said, I can't hurt you, but I'll take care of the guys in 2007 and in 2008. I'll take care of your kids. I'll dislocate them from you and Kachaya. of dislocated his his Gihanasha. And in Kabbalah we learn that when it says in the Torah that the sun came out, it's talking about Mashiach. But right? Until the sun comes out, until Hashem brings out the sun. Of Mashiach, the son that is hidden, we will be limping. His children will be dislocated from him. And that he accomplished. And I Baruch Hu, we dive to him, and the Zayar speaks about this. That that sun, that sun, we are limping, we're definitely limping. That that sun should come out. And that, that, that our Haganos, that hidden son, should come out and give us a refuah. And part of this lack of clarity is the world that we live in, guys. As Jewish boys and as Jewish girls and living in this generation and living in America, we are very accepted. And we start forgetting what our name is. That my name is Moshe, my name is Chaim, and I'm named after my grandfather, great-grandfather, who died in the Holocaust because he was a Jew. And now I want to go to a Christmas party that's coming up in three weeks at my office. And can I go, Rabbi? What kind of question is that? Did they have a Christmas party for the Jews in the gas chamber? Where was the Christmas party, boys? We were the Christmas party. That's where the Christmas party. All the names that you're named after, your great grandfather that died in the gas chamber. Yeah? Did he go to a Christmas party? But we're so Americanized, and we so are, we're, we're so no more, what's your name? My name's Zachariah! My name's Yehuda! My name's Jeff! I have a degree. I'm in business. I said, the Eight Sahara. So you're no more Yisrael. You're no more Yoshak Kale. You don't even know who you are anymore. And the American system, that's what it did to us. A hundred percent. You know, when I was growing up, they were able to advertise cigarettes. I don't think they're allowed to do that anymore. So they had this cowboy from Marlboro when I was growing up. Now, I didn't smoke. But a lot of my friends smoked. I was a hockey player and I couldn't smoke. Baruch Hashem had saved me from smoking. And all the guys that were smoking Marlboro had a picture. They were cowboys. Hey, idiot. You live in Muncie. You're in Yeshiva. you got a cowboy. You wouldn't, even know how to, you, wouldn't la- you wouldn't last on that horse for two minutes. Or maybe your father was a cowboy. Like, What are you doing? But... Marketing. Marketing. Ace of, Satan. I'll take a guy in yeshiva. He'll step out of all Yitzhav or any yeshiva, put that cigarette in his mouth, and depending what cigarette he's smoking, that's what he is. Hey, I'm a cowboy. So I, smoke Marlboro. I don't know what I don't know what Parliament represents, I have no idea. But a camel, right. Oh, forget it. I'm out in the desert, I'm a camel driver. It's all about, it's all about, what's your name? Who are you? You're a designer clothing. You're your cigarette. You're your car. It's who we are. It's who we became. We have so no no clarity whatsoever. There was a kid, um, summer, whatever, I was in shul in in Landau's, and he was wearing, he just came from the Yankee game, and he he, he was wearing one of those shirts to Derek Jeter, you know, on the back. And I'm thinking to myself, you probably can't even pick up a ground ball. <laughs> like, why are you wearing a Derek Jeter shirt? Now, why would anyone? My name's Wallerstein Why would I put Wallerstein on the back of my shirt? Why am I putting Derek Jeter? He's not my cousin. He's not my uncle. Not my grandfather. He's not a relative. He really couldn't kill us if I was dying of cancer. He wouldn't give me two dollars, right? He wouldn't send my daughter to Israel on a trip and pay for it, right? So, why am I wearing Derek Jeter on my back? My name's Wallerstein, That's a lie. You're walking around. If people don't know baseball, they're like, Shalom <laughs> you know, Jeter, from You know, they're, they're, they're smart enough to, to look at your talents bag, you know, and they know your name. But like, you know, guy comes to the school, he never heard of Shalom Chaim Jeter, Shalom you know, my what's <laughs> up? Right? Why? Because you don't want to put Wallstein on the bat. Because you don't want to be Wallstein, because Wallstein's nobody. Jeter, when I put on his shirt, I'm in Yankee Stadium. The girls are all screaming at me. <laughs> I got a $20 million co- contract. I have no idea who I am anymore. <laughs> and half these kids, if you bring them into a room and say, who are you? I'm Terry Cheater. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm some rock star. Or I'm so, so. Hey. I'm not any better. You know, when they had that whole thing, 9-11, what was the first thing Robert Wallstein bought? All right, bought? No, not a flag. I bought a fire department hat. And I bought a fire department shirt. And I want everyone to think that I was in the New York Fire Department because they were the bravest. They went into that world, you know, and, and guys wear New, uh, New York police caps and New York police jackets. And You're not a cop. Why are you wearing a New York police hat? Think to the psych of it. Why is that guy wearing New York police? He wants to be a cop. His father's a cop. Follows father's a long beard face. I know his father. father ain't a cop. Why is he wearing a police hat? Because when he puts on that police hat and the monarch says, who are you? You're not going to say Maisha Friedman. You're going to say, I'm a sergeant in New York Police Department, 70th Precinct. (laughs) Because you're wearing that hat. So, that's marketing. They get paid billions of dollars for that. You know? What am I thinking on Tishabov when I'm dying of thirst? Am I thinking of J&J orange juice? No. Mayim Chaim cherry drink? No. I'm thinking, Coca-Cola. I know what that glass looks like. I've seen it as a kid growing up on television when they scrape that ice off the Coca-Cola. Oh, my God. And you see those bubbles. You know they advertise it. The bubbles are coming off the top of the glass. Man, I'm sitting there on a dish above, and that's what I'm seeing. Coca-Cola. I'm looking at that glass. Because they marketed it, and they pushed it in my head all those years growing up. So that's what I see. So what did Asaph do? Asaph came along, and he said, I'm going to make sure that you don't even know who your name is. I'm going to make sure that you don't even know who you are. And he said, Yaakov, you're too tough. I can't get you. But I'll get your kids. So we have to fight back. And the way that we have to fight back is by having clarity and thinking consequence. Thinking consequence is Yaakov, is a chacham. Thinking hayoim, everything's a party today, that is an ASAF. In the end... And I'm going to answer you the question about what's the bracha that Esau can give us. What's up with this malach? He decided to show up. Every malach sings Shira once in their life. That's it. They get to... They sing Shira every day. To lead, to be the chazan, the chazan of all the malachim. Each malach gets one time from when they were created till the end of the world. So this malach that was fighting, the malach of Esau, that was fighting with Yaakov, had to get up to Shemayim because that morning he was the chazin. So the question is, are you stupid? You pick a fight with Yaakov the night before you're supposed to be the chazin? Wait till after the chazin, go the next day. It's a very good question. The night before he has to be the chazin, that's when he picks a fight? Wait a day and then pick a fight. The Zayar says that the Malach gets to sing to be chazin on the day that he accomplishes the total shlichus for what he was created. That's when he gets to sing his shira, to be the leader. The satan was not created to make anyone in this room do averas. It's not what he's created for. He's created to tell you to do the avera, for you to overcome him, and that's how you get the mitzvah. When there's no satan in the world... There's no mitzvahs in the world. If you don't have an evil inclination, then you're just going to do mitzvahs. You get no reward. The satan was created to lose. Hashem's not a mean creator. Let me make this satan with all these girls and all this stuff we're going to throw at these guys, and then they're going to sin, and then we're going to burn them. We're going to sit there like marshmallows. All the guys in we are going to, okay, turn them over. Okay, turn them over. <laughs> That's not why God created the world. God created the world to create a satan to come to you, Tell you, do this do this and for you to win. And when you win, Hashem gives you ganeden and reward, and you grow and you grow. The satan is not supposed to win. The problem is, he wins. When he loses, that's when he did what he was created for. Therefore, when the satan came down to fight with Yaakov, it wasn't his turn to sing shira to be the leader. But when Yaakov beat him. That was the completion of what the Satan was created. The Satan was created to throw every punch at you and that you should beat him. So when it came morning, if you look in the Patsig, when it came morning, he turned to Yaakov and he said, it's morning, you beat me, now I got to sing Shira, now it's my turn. What's the bracha that the Satan gave Yaakov? Yaakov said, I want a bracha. And the Satan agreed. Why did he agree? He should have said a bracha, I'm Esav, you're Yaakov. You took my bracha. Have a good day. I'm not giving you a bracha. Listen carefully. The koyach of, of, of beating the Yetzirah. Yaakov said to the Yetzirah, one second, everything in Shemayim is mida mida, right? It works mida the mida. What do you do when I do an avera? What does the Satan do when a guy does an avera? He comes he says, do this, do this, do this, right? And right. A minute after you do the avera, we, we talked about this. You feel bad. Why do you feel bad? Because he leaves and he runs to Hashem and he says, Chaim ben did this, is this, this avera, I'm reporting. When he leaves, all you're left with is your Yetzatayv. That's why you feel bad right after another Avera. Before the Avera, they're both in you. You don't feel bad. The minute you do the Avera, then what you're waiting to do the whole time, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I did this. <laughs> Where, where's the Yetzatayv? And the answer is, he runs. The minute you do the Avera, he's the biggest rat. And he runs. Da, 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 he did have Avera. We have to punish We have to punish him. When he's gone, it's just your Yetzatayv. And with just your you're a good guy. You're like, I can't believe I did this. And then three minutes later, he's back. And you're like, okay, I'm not going to do it till tomorrow again, right? Because he's back. That's the way it works. Yaakov Avinu said to him, but everything in Shemaim is mida, me mida. So when I beat you, you got to do the same thing. When I beat you, you got to run up to Hashem and say, Am hey, I should just in the mitzvah. It works both sides, man. And the sultan had nothing to answer. And the sultan says, you're right. The greatest, doesn't tell us the bracha, the greatest bracha is that the satan, the guy who's trying to do you the avera, has to run up and say in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he beat me. Why does the satan do that? Because it's the greatest bracha for him. Because when you beat him, he says, Hashem, I did my tikkun, I did what I came for. I fought him. I tried to get this guy out of Every turn I tried, I tried everything I could. And he beat me. Hashem, I did what I was supposed to. I can sing Shira. And at that point, the Zayar says that the Sultan stands in front of Hashem and blesses the guy that beat him. That don't work in a fight. Yeah, after a fight. Yeah, good fight. Yeah, right. He has to bench you after you beat him. Guys, consequence. On the dark side, there's a consequence of the avera, But look at the consequence of beating him. The consequence of beating him is that he has to go in front of Hashem and he has to report that this person brought me to my piquen, says the Satan. Hashem blessed this guy. He beat me. He brings the report right up to the Kisai cover. Because on the other side, he brings it right up to the Kisai cover. So my bracha to you is that for the rest of your life, all day and every day, the sultan should be just busy going to Shemayim and blessing you and reporting all the mitzvahs and all the time. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.